Craig is joined. Craig public beta. GRC. Oh, yeah, GRC is Craig backwards. Yeah, GRC is uh, Craig's backup. So, <laughs> but we have a new one. Okay, Alistair's not working. That's fine. This should be fine. Um, insert one of those dumpster flaming dumpsters. Uh, this should be fine, right? You hear that, Alistair? Matt says you're not working. Alistair is a lovely bot, and I love him dearly. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, that should be good. I think it's recording, so if not, it says it's recording. So the cool thing with um, the bots, too, is that uh, they have some cool little web, basically, recording as a service. So they once you've done the recording, it goes to a website and basically goes, do you want to download like multi-track mixed, or do you want to download the tracks, or do you want to download an Audacity project? It's like already set up and one-click downloads. And uh, so makes it makes it easy. But yeah, they just got upgraded, and so the commands changed, of course. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, anyway, cool, cool, cool. We, I know what I'm doing. Yes, I'll start with that. Welcome to the Mac DevOps YVR podcast. This podcast is about the Mac DevOps YVR conference in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. We interview guests and discuss topics around managing Macs using open source software products inspired by DevOps. Our goal is to encourage developers and IT to work together to solve problems for our community. For more information, see our website, mdoyvr.com. This is the Mac DevOps podcast. Welcome to the Mac DevOps podcast today. Today I'm joined by Sharvel and Zach from Fleet DM. Um, how's it going, Sharvel? Fine. Uh, enjoying Vancouver. Had some decent coffee. And yeah. Nice. How about you, Matt? Coffee. I love coffee. I live for coffee. I just recently drove nine hours to get a cup of coffee. Well, I think it was probably technically eight hours plus an hour after the coffee, but it's always worth it. If you're ever in Nelson, BC, go to Oso Negro and they have the best coffee and the best coffee shop in the world I think I've ever been to. So it's just so chill. Do so. the bears make the coffee or? I don't know. I, I read somewhere that they called it Oso Negro. It, like they named it, you know, Black Bear in Spanish because they wanted people to remind people that the coffee was not from here, right? It's like it comes very far away. And so it's not grown in Nelson, but it is maybe roasted. Um, you know, maybe to, you know, a little hint that our world is interconnected and interdependent uh, all across the world. Maybe they're smart or maybe they're just smoking the other local crops. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> um, We yeah. do have rainforest up here in BC, but they don't, uh, it's not quite warm enough for growing the coffee beans. I don't think so. Yeah, it's it, people are surprised that Vancouver and maybe BC in general in different places is actually you know, sometimes hotter than California. Like there's deserts in the interior, like Osoyoos or places in the Okanagan are, I, I would say probably easily hotter than Southern California. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so and that, that would shock people because you think the North, the North means ice. There's an ice age, right? Um, anyway, Zach, uh, our other uh, guest here, Zach, how are you doing? You're in Vancouver too. I'm good. I'm also in Vancouver, which is uh, where I live, actually. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I live, you know, pretty much biking distance from you, Matt. And we get to meet yeah. up in the park sometimes. 
Yeah, this is uh, the first podcast, I think. I think the very first podcast we recorded in in my kitchen, I recorded it. After that, it's always been online with remote because of the pandemic and everything. But uh, we could all we could almost all meet for coffee after this or something. Um, this is an all Vancouver, but now being recorded through Discord. So the magic of the internet, uh, we're brought together. We're keeping that latency low. Yeah, we're trying trying to speak slowly, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be a nice guest and ask questions and and do some listening because that's that's what JD has taught me. Listen, he's he's a, he's a good a good friend, and he's helped us so much. And uh, um, yeah, so welcome to the podcast. We want to talk about uh, Charvel because he's a a beautiful human being, and he volunteered to give a cool talk at Mac DevOps. Uh, why don't you tell us how that went, Charvel? I think it went pretty well. Uh, there were a little bit of like challenges about whether to do it live, whether to do it recorded. Uh, but yeah, I think with the uh, it went pretty well. Uh, I went with the recorded version. I'd like to go live sometime, but cannot complain. Uh, I was excited to share about the content. Uh, I think a lot of other folks were also excited about the newer features that are being worked in. So. What was your talk about, Charvel? Uh, open source visibility with OS Query and Apple's new endpoint security framework. Well, new. It's almost a year and a half, two years old now. But What does that mean exactly? <laughs> <laughs> Very Socratic cool. method. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a new uh, framework from Apple to kind of do auditing for processes and files and other cool events. The kind of standard way to do it has been through OpenBSM. Uh, and that is showing its age now. And it's plagued with issues and performance issues. And it's also not that fun to use. So it's Apple's replacement for it. And we are all very excited to be using it, to be deploying it to production, and yeah, doing some cool stuff with it. Nice. So you're tapping into this new framework to deliver information to Fleet or to OS Query and then to Fleet? Is that the idea? Or um... Yeah, so I'm working directly in like OS Query. So it's like vanilla OS Query. But yeah, it can collect logs. It can store your logs in your file system if you're the paranoid type. Or if you want to do like uh, collection and analysis later, you can like ship them to the cloud. And that is what a lot of people seem to be doing and having some cool insights into their infrastructure. And so the general overview of Overs Query is it's supposed to present some kind of database-like syntax to ask simple questions. But under the hood, OS Query has to know how to get stuff and where to get stuff from. And so that's kind of some of the 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 magic with endpoint security going, hey, here's something you can look at or talk to or figure out as a source of information. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's say you wanted to like figure out which processes are not just executing right now, but which will like, you know, fork and execute or exit, or which processes are, you know, writing to a file or truncating a file or renaming a file. You get that evented flow from the endpoint security framework, and you can use like the SQL interface to query it, of course, but you can also collect them in the logs. So it's better than writing something in Python or shell or shelling out and, you know, 
deciding you have to marry Auk just to get Auk to do all the stuff you want, Auk and said and print and cut and uh, this is this is better, right? Tell me it's better. It's cool. So nothing against Auk or cut, uh, <laughs> but yes, this is this is better. Uh, this is like you know the fire hose. You you get all the data you want and then split them and analyze them later. And that's always been kind of one of the promises of OS Query, you know, particularly for uh, Mac admins who don't want to have to uh, go write all of those kind of scripts and join all these different tools together. OS Query becomes one tool where we can sort of get all of these different data points about what's going on in the system, and we can also start to subscribe to these event-based streams like what Charvel's been working on so instead of writing bespoke artisanal shell scripts or uh, you know the most beautiful python scripts in the world we can uh, use os query to write some sane queries and do some fun joins and splits and other database dances yeah and in, in some sense this is a, a bit of a reflection of like the the devops methodology of you know let's try to unify the interfaces that we use let's try to treat our machines like uh cattle is that is that folks say uh <laughs> i see that, i see faces being deal? made what's uh, what what is that that folks uh say <laughs> treat your uh treat your infrastructure uh my god we'll have to We'll have to come back, to this come back for we, that one. When we find out what it is, we'll print it on a t-shirt so we don't forget. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... I, I think I it's think was... infrastructure as cattle, not pets, maybe? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, like thank you. Thank Never you, yes. We all, we all love pets. We all love pets, but, you know, if you're trying to feed, uh, trying to feed a lot of people, then I guess you have to treat them like cattle. Here I am saying that to two vegetarians, though, so I think the whole thing is probably falling flat. Yeah, this metaphor, man. We got a new, we need a new one, but uh, I think the concept is kind of like you know Ansible Chef or Puppet, where you you're trying to not worry about how the mechanism finds out the answers, but you just want to ask it a bunch of questions, and in, that's the theory anyway. It maybe breaks down at the microscopic level when we don't know where these things are getting their information from, and we try to give them new sources of information like with this endpoint security. So uh, this seems like a good move from Apple uh, to actually provide a new source of information. Definitely. It, it, it kind of wasn't expected that Apple would do this because, you know, surprise, like, you know, it's, it's getting harder and harder to kind of write these like low level uh, system software on Mac OS. It's been boring bits and pieces from iOS and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great for end user because it's improving security. It's harder to, you know, kind of get execution, but as a developer, as a person who's curious about how your systems work under the hood, it's, it's a little bit of challenge and you have to kind of jump through the hoops and yeah, this is, this is a great new framework and surprisingly performs well, surprisingly decently documented in, in the header files, which is a, a good move by Apple. The clickbait headline is Apple does something good, you know, finally, right? Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. We love Apple. Um, so you gave a great talk at uh, Mac DevOps. Thank you so much. And uh, we got to do some Q&A in the Discord. Uh, it's always uh, 
you know, a work in progress that, 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 that Q and a, but we, we uh, tried to make a security day, like a day of all security talks where we we're hoping there was some kind of synergy or other silly word that would describe people with common interests talking about similar items and security is a, is a broad topic. Um, but I noticed that you, uh, your, your, your uh, eyebrows were peeking up when, you know, Chaba, all of us were, when we were listening to Chaba, we we're like, Ooh, what's he talking about with his persistence models? And, you know, whenever you talk about something interesting to look for, then you think, okay, uh, on the security tool side, let's see if we, we can find these things. But it seemed like Chaba's talk uh, made a, uh, made a lot of people uh, perk up as well. Uh, what did you think of some of the other talks or Chaba's talk or? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I've been following, Chaba's blog post for a long time, and I was excited to kind of get to hear him live. And I was kind of looking forward to his talk because I follow him on Twitter, and he always has like great, detailed, insightful posts. And I was like, oh, this is like super cool because Mac OS, like, you know, is like, I don't know, 20 years old at least. And he's like picking from parts that no one has ever used, like color picker. Like, you know, you can use like a color picker bundle and kind of bypass TCC, uh, the trust uh, consent uh, subsystem. And I'm thinking, oh, cool, with this new endpoint security framework, you can actually, you know, kind of figure out if a process tried to do that. Uh, so there was a lot of back and forth synergy, if you want to use the corporate word. Yes. Um... It's amazing, like uh, as a sysadmin, you know, like someone says, "Hey, you know, let's let's make Fleet work," and I'm like, "Okay, I have to figure out how to make that work, or stand it up, or stand up some infra, or I have to figure out how this thing works." And you're just trying to get things to work. And so I assume the OS is a collection of other programmers and sysadmins trying to make something work. So they're like, "If you make this magic folder show up called Color Pickers or something, and then this magic file shows up, then all these you know automations will start." So it's amazing how many things are left over with. You know, if these folders that aren't there show up suddenly, then all these new behaviors will be enabled because, you know, we want things just to work and we don't all always think, you know, wait till someone comes off the hat and goes, hmm, security. <laughs> you know, um, I think everyone who is listening, their heads basically melted into rainbow sherbet when that color picker example came up. Yeah. Uh, I was, I, I was absolutely uh, riveted, I'd say, by... Uh, Chava's talk, uh, and uh, you know, I've, Matt, you'd line them up with some OS query talks beforehand. So I'm sitting there, like searching through the OS query schema. Like, do we have this one in the OS query <laughs> schema? Can we can we ch detect this one with the OS query? Can we detect this one? Yeah, I mean, and uh, I mean, definitely his his persistence uh, blog post series is awesome, and uh, we love Chaba and him posting all his uh, epic uh, hikes. He's a madman, uh, a lovely madman. But uh, um, it was also uh, Prima. Prima Varani gave a talk about ostensibly about Fleet and OS Query, but and you think I was just doing OS Query Fleet talks, but her talk was completely different because it was about standing up the infrastructure, and it's a totally different ball game. You're like, oh, how do I coordinate with all these different teams? How do I get all this infrastructure working? How do I, you know? So it was a totally different, like, you know, that's something that I've always found really interesting about the the Mac DevOps conference is is sort of this intersection between Mac admins and and DevOps practices and Prima's talk really found an interesting intersection there where it's kind of like this is you know me as a sort of Mac security admin or motivation for standing up a tool but it really focused on sort of the DevOps portion of that mm -hmm. and also some of the organizational challenges I thought that was a, a cool one. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it stems from my uh, basic, you know, uh, fear and reality that I've been setting up on-prem storage forever. And so I started Mac DevOps thinking, well, you know, there's everything's moving to the cloud. I got to learn how to do that. So everything is moving. So, you know, our, our motivation might be supporting Mac endpoints, whether security or management or, you know, just actual end users. But we need to figure out how, you know, software as a service works. Or we have to set up the Docker instances or Kubernetes or figure out what Terraform is. So everybody, you know, provides a different... Uh, you know, way to do it. And it's just so awesome to see all these different, you know, recipes or different paths people can follow. And the Mac DevOps thing is just the motivation is we're supporting endpoints, we're supporting users, but we have to set up infra, or we have to figure out what services to run or how to run them or what they do or, you know, and, and we're all in the same boat going, what is Apple doing now? Or what have they just done last week? Or, you know, we're all trying to, to uh, follow. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, anything else uh, strike you as interesting, Charvel, um, from Mac DevOps? Any other talks? You definitely Chaba and Brandon's talk about uh, Sandbox MDM was also super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Alistair's thread model one also yeah. was really fun. I think I still have to like watch it to like grasp all all of it. Yeah. But... Half, yeah, give us at half speed, and I think yeah. Alistair needs to be in a museum, but uh, he's a, <laughs> he should be studied. Um, no, he's he's a, he's very cool, and it's good to have like a commentary piece. You know, he's like, here's the you're not not just a technical thing. Like, how do I do X, Y, Z in Docker, which is always good, you know. But it's more like, what do I need to do? What what is this big picture? You know, what is why are we doing these things? Like in his case, what are threat models, and how do they apply to me and my 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 core business and what should I do about them? How do I, you know? And he, he's very, he's very funny. So, Matt, has it been intentional from your perspective to kind of bring back some of the same speakers year after year? Because this is something that I really like about the, you know, MDOIVR. It's a small conference, and a lot of the same folks are coming back, and it's interesting to kind of use this to track people's journeys over the years in terms of what they're thinking about and and what they're working on i mean <laughs> there's there's intention and then there's um there's what happens <laughs> um i think my one of my first uh um divining uh defining goals of mac devops on the the, the metaphorical napkin of my plan for this thing was i i told myself no rock stars nobody that's like number one cool person comes to the conference and speaks that was the goal well, that's unrealistic when you're doing a conference, especially your first one, then your second, your third one. The people that speak more often are very well practiced. They're, you know, they, they're learning, they're, and they're already self-identified as people who want to share. Not everybody wants to share what they're doing or find it easy. You know, I get up there just from ignorance and just sheer will that it needs to be done. So, um, you know, not everybody wants to sound stupid in public. That's, you know, that's, that's fair. That's totally fair, right? Like, um, so it's been like, it's, it's totally awesome to bring people back. Like Alistair, like he spoke a couple of years ago, you know, and just, it's, you know, Henry from Central spoken every couple of years. So it definitely is cool to, to catch up with people and see what they're doing and what new stuff they're doing. Um, like Greg uh, from Monkey would come every other year, you know, he would just want to present every other year and just sort of give himself a self-imposed one year break, you know, but the, the the real goal is I really want new people and I really want to encourage like Prima had never spoken, you know, and trying to find new voices like Charvel never spoken. And um, so part of my 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 hat is talent search and finding people that are doing cool stuff and then encouraging them. I'm like a life coach slash, you know, uh, cheerleader. Um, 
because not everybody wants to do it. And so the whole idea of quick talks and shorter talks is hopefully to make it easier or, you know, how, how can you screw up five minutes? Come on. Like, <laughs> like um, and, and all, all that support is like super helpful because I attended the 2019 conference and I, I was already contributing to OS query, you know, way before then. But everyone I did talk to, whether it was, you know, you or Mike Lynn or people from Facebook or whoever, everyone was like very encouraging, like, oh yeah, next year you should, you know, give a talk. Like just talk about anything, talk about what you did in OS Query. It'd be kind of cool. And the next year was 2020, famously. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I, th I, I think uh, I think the kind of small feel of the conference is also super helpful and that everyone is like, you know, rooting for each other uh, to kind of is also very helpful for new speakers, first time comers. Mm -hmm. And and in, in the live version of it, I tried to leave room for people to give quick talks the last moment because like while people are there, I'd be like working in them. Hey, Zach, I know you did something really cool the other day. I saw it. Let's do it. Let's give a quick talk like right now. You know, and so during the Discord, I mean, it's a smaller group and we're all virtual, but I remember, you know, Rod was there and I know Rod and he works uh, at a local university here. And I was like, dude, you've been doing cool stuff. Like you're giving a talk next, like, come on. And then he's like, oh, I could do that. I'm like, yes. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. And then he gave a quick talk the next day, right? I was like, which, you know, in, in a, even in a live production can be, you know, a little stressful for everybody because we got plans, we got, you know, a timeline, a schedule and everything, you know, so I, I upset some people, <laughs> but I just want, you know, I want talks and I want, you know, so there probably be a better way to do it. So we, we definitely leave more room and make it, uh, but yeah, I just want people to be able to, to believe in themselves and to share cool stuff that they're doing. And, um, and we'll, maybe we'll have to do a Mac dev oops session where people just talk about failures, you know, and just like, you know, those, those are always probably even more fun than, Hey, I, I, I wrote, I wrote Docker run and the thing just ran, you know, like, Whoa, you know, no, I, I wrote, you know, Docker run away and something broke and I took down production or something, but those are always more fun. Yeah. And I survived. Yeah. Okay. Mac dev oops is, have you done that before? Cause I love the name. Well, next year, next year, we'll have to do that. It all fails, you know. I think a, a friend of mine, Ed, used to work at Google and Duo. I'm not sure where he is right now. Where is Ed? Uh, he did a talk at Mac DevOps a couple of years ago about how to fail or, um, you know, just talking about that. We have to encourage each other. Uh, <laughs> well, Matt, um, I think in I think I spoke at Mac DevOps in 2018, I believe, and that was my first solo talk oh wow and since then i've awesome. gone on to do a lot more talks and and build a lot of confidence so i mean i think that i think that you're a launching pad and speaking of that uh you know charville you mentioned this was charville's first talk at mac devops right now but you know he's queued up now to speak at objective by the sea in october oh. uh it's going to be pretty awesome to go to the coast we're, we're of like Spain. We're like a farm team, you know, and how many people are working at Apple now that gave talks at Mac DevOps? I mean, come on. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, that was definitely one of the, the, the founding principles. I had a couple of ones. It was, and just, it was keep it small, you know, and it needs to be a certain size that we can talk to each other and we can talk and have room. Um, and then, yeah, so... Um, yeah, we're trying to make the Discord thing work, and I think it does work. Uh, but it's you know, uh, one day it would be nice to go be back in person. Hopefully next year. Um, 
Maybe we'll I do a little so. bit of both, you know, some some in Discord because people do like being able to participate from anywhere in the world. And that definitely is an accessibility thing. And, you know, and it's definitely a privilege to be able to travel, to have money, to have the time. Um, and so maybe maybe we do both, you know, one day online and one day in person or something, a combination or, uh, you know. Yeah, that'd be I, cool. And, and it's great that you're thinking about how to best include everyone. Yeah, and some people just want to travel and hang out in the hallway track because that's amazing and genius, you know, just being able to mix and, and learn from each other. And the other people, you know, just want to join in from, you know, from like from their home, like whether it's, you know, India, Australia, Japan, Scandinavia, everybody was everywhere, right? Like, and so time zones do suck. They still suck for a live conference, but <laughs> that's where, you know, people could record a talk and then just attend the Q&A and then have that sort of session. but. Um, yeah. What else is happening, Zach? You're saying uh, that you were doing some cool stuff with the uh, fleet, with the desktop, uh, the fleet desktop. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm pretty excited for what we're doing with, with fleet desktop. So for, for folks who don't know, fleet is kind of a, an app built on top of OS query. So we use the, the data from OS query to derive insights about what's going on on the the Macs that you manage, but also the, the Windows and Linux and could be servers or workstations, uh, could be any of those really. But we introduced a, a concept of, of policies into Fleet about something about six months ago where you can kind of write a query and say, I want my I want my devices to be in compliance with this. And people are using this for things like you know, keeping the OS up to date, turning the firewall on, making sure that some applications are not installed or some applications are installed, making sure that other security agents are running, all sorts of stuff like that. But the thing that I'm really excited about, and and that was quite fun to build, and, and Charville also participated in building this, is uh, Fleet Desktop, which is a, a system tray icon that works across all, all three platforms. Uh, but, you know, on Mac OS, shows up in your menu bar up there. Uh, and shows how that it shows the end user of the device how they're doing in compliance with all of these policies that the admins set, and then it it drops the user into a, a user experience where they can kind of see how to remediate those things and then fix them and 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 recheck and be sure that, that they've got those fixes in, and this is really exciting to me partly because we're seeing some organizations who are moving to like zero trust network architectures where they want to do things like validate things at the time that someone tries to access some internal tooling and this starts to become like a part of that solution where people can communicate proactively with the end users that they have device compliance issues before they actually, you know, get to the red X, the access denied because you have to update or, or whatever that is. So I, I'm stoked about that. I'm, I'm really excited about that. I think it was, it's a really neat way with the one click in your menu bar to go to a page that says, this is what we know about you. This is what we're collecting about you. This is, and also a heads up, you know, if you think your machine's acting weird, then heads up, here's what's happening, what we know about your computer, and maybe, you know, I don't know what the latest version, but maybe in the future you could run a query from there as an instant, like, check my check my computer, you know, um, because you're already collecting stuff. 
but yeah, yeah, I thought the policies were, you know, I always find the word policies is strange and weird from the windows world, but it, it, it fit in fleet. And I, when, and out of the box, I'm always looking for how little I can do because I'm a lazy programmer sysadmin, how little do I have to do before I can get things going and setting up fleet and it auto enrolled my laptop. And then I already saw that I was out of compliance. It's just some basic, you know, basic policies that I was like, Oh yeah, my, my computer is in MDM, but it mm, didn't, you know, didn't enroll properly or didn't do something. And it already caught, like I had a bunch of red X's and I'm like, Oh, thanks Zach. I, I actually need to remediate something on my own laptop. You know, it's like, but, it's it's interesting to play with the, the 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 policies and sort of like you know like all the different queries that you can run and schedule and, and check on stuff. Um, so it's really appreciated the work you're doing. I, I can see it's uh, very helpful already. <laughs> I'm uh, oh awesome! Glad glad that you're enjoying it. And yeah, I mean the policies has as such an overloaded term because we've also got MDM uh, policies as well on macOS. So so. You know, there's at least one definition for each platform, and uh, I think we'll we'll need to think about how to how to express, uh, you know, the idea of being in or out of spec, kind of, and, and plus, I think you know, policies also lend towards this idea of compliance frameworks and and those policies, which is to some extent what we're trying to get at, but a lot of this is more practical than than the realities of checking boxes in a compliance framework. Yeah, checking boxes is boring, but some security people have to do it. Um, uh, but as a sysadmin who sort of overlaps security and, you know, deployment and sort of end user uh, coddling, uh, you know, end user happiness uh, manager, um, it's nice to know that you can out of the box see a bunch of stuff and, uh, you know, I think there's a couple overlying concepts in fleet, like, you know, just random ad hoc queries and then, things you can schedule and then the remediation was interesting that you added that and how to like oh maybe you know and say file vault's not enabled and you go and then it shows you okay if you want to enable it you know you can use a profile or here's how you enable it and so um i need to uh, i need to review those because i noticed that one there was one about terminal about secure entry or certain there was like there was one i think it was the terminal one but i was secure sure. keyboard entry yeah, yeah. Secure keyboard entry there was there was one that like I, they didn't understand the remediation or maybe well, i didn't i couldn't follow the instructions well so i need to review that i'm a perfect human that doesn't understand instructions so i'm going to go through those remediations and uh, maybe you know see if they work for me and then if they don't i'll i'll file some feedback you know <laughs> as a as a as a human slash smart uh system in haha <laughs> it's always good to know if we can understand <laughs> yeah uh, yeah for sure please do it you know if if you can't understand as a you know as a really experienced mac person and sysadmin then we know we definitely have work to do to make it digestible for folks well who it's are good to have the like, two options you know like hey you know hey if you're going to deploy this or manage this with mdm here's a profile or here a link to a profile and, and also if you're manually managing it or you're say you're the end user but you have admin you know because you're given that responsibility then you could you know you remediate it yourself um uh, so it's good to know both i mean i know some people are upset with mdm but it's been many years now and i've i've learned to love it a bit because it helps me enable things to manage the laptops or desktops for the end users. It's a it's a tool, so um, it's not there to to harm them. It's help. It's there to protect the tools for them to keep doing their work and to help them do their work. Whether it's enabling like you know some kind of privacy, getting rid of a dialog box of you know privacy protections, or and you know uh, pre-approving some kind of kernel extension or system extension so that 
maybe they don't the users don't get a dialog box and then dialog box fatigue sets in and they just start clicking everything and you don't know what you've clicked on yeah. <laughs> um yeah anything else going on with the fleet i noticed that you know you're always updating it what's going on with that you know just like continual cycle of of improvement stop it yeah we <laughs> well we've been able to really build up the team over the last year i mean a lot of folks know that i've been working on fleet for some years now and for a couple of years it was it was just me but now we've got uh, a whole team uh, around 15 engineers working you know working between fleet and and os query so we try to ship releases every three weeks and we try to make it as as easy and desirable as possible for folks to upgrade so that we can you know get new features into into their hands as quick as possible i mean i think it's it's also one of the beauties of open source software is like you know folks can make the decisions about when and and how they upgrade and so it's up to us to convince you uh you know through our our marketing our release notes the ease of the upgrade process and all of those kind of things to stay up to date and to make sure that we're shipping things that you find valuable enough and how is the whole um, you know open source slash just sort of working remotely with a distributed team and how's that working you know how are you i mean that's the reality for everybody i guess we're not all at the vanguard now it's just reality we're all wherever we are but <laughs> yeah i mean it's it, it's something that has been you know sort of baked into our dna to some extent from working on os query which you know was started with meetings in conference rooms at facebook but was very quickly opened up to the world as an open source project and then became something that folks from multiple companies worked on and and we only got together on on very rare occasions and so we adopted that model from the very beginning with fleet of doing all the work remotely and and substantially asynchronously and so it's something that's it's really natural now i mean fleet the company is a creation of of these pandemic times and many of us have not had a chance to meet in person but that's still very much or just a reflection of of the realities of open source and that and that re i think real communities can exist online you know again as reflected by seeing the conference this year uh, you know making a great community online yeah i mean it, it definitely sucks in some ways not to meet in person in real time but you know and 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 the decision to whether we do a conference we don't do a conference because it just you know it's not as good to not do it in person or do we do it because people desperately do want to to interconnect they want to engage socially they want to give talks they want to share knowledge and so an imperfect conference is my my motto is is better than no conference <laughs> yeah and 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 i mean i think it's also you were talking about inclusion before but the but i think a big really exciting thing for me about about remote work and about this kind of of company and community building is that we can include more people from around the world and so you know today the three of us all happen to be in vancouver but uh you know we live across the world from each other uh you know you and i opposite the globe nearly from from charville on a normal week yeah we were definitely lucky to have pizza all together a week or so ago um but uh 
uh, Charvel, normally you're very far away. How is it working, you know, um, in, you know, remotely and, you know, different time zone? And uh, Yeah, I think like, as Zach mentioned, it has kind of become somewhat of a norm. Uh, but being involved with open source uh, communities, even before the pandemic, uh, we know that it works. We know that it, you know, helps other people be like more included and kind of doesn't matter time zone kind of doesn't matter as long as you know you can kind of communicate a little bit and uh still do good work so there are of course challenges uh but i think the benefits far far outweigh those small challenges in my opinion uh i'm a fan of it i've been doing it before covid i've been working remotely for like close to four or five years now. Um, and even when I started contributing to OS Query, like the team at Facebook was in kind of California. I was up north at that time. And then I kept moving around and there were contributors from all over the place. So uh, yeah, I mean, the Linux kernel is also kind of developed similarly, like, you know, asynchronously and from folks all around the world. Uh, but maybe the the the... the... I don't, I'm not 100% familiar with the, uh, the the community spirit with the Linux kernel, but I, I think you told me um, that it was the warm reception and the encouragement that you got from the OS query community that dragged you in, kicking and screaming, because uh, they they were like, "You can do it! You're so good! You're or you're you can help help with this little thing!" Or you were saying that they were super encouraging. Yeah, they like like open source uh, kind of has that kind of the connotation that it's not very welcoming. It's not very uh, inclusive, especially for people who are like kind of outside the circle. But I think OS Query proved that, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Like, you know, Mike Arpaio, Teddy Reed, Zach, all the OGs kind of, uh, yeah, like very encouraging, you know, like, and then like after you're done with that piece of work, it's like, hey, here's something related that might interest you and kind of help you finish it too. Uh, so the the way, not just like PRs and code, but documentation, how, you know, the maintainers answer questions, the tone, I think everything helps a lot. Uh, and yeah, it, it can help, you know, propel people's careers as well and uh, find things that people thought they may not have been interested in before. Uh, so a little bit of encouragement does go a long way, I think. Well, we can't help it. Zach is just so nice and friendly and, and it, it's just terrible. It's terrible. Zach, you're beautiful. Thanks, Matt. Very kind. I met you in person. I know you're beautiful, but um, yeah. So it, making a community is a, is a, an active choice and encouraging others and bringing people in and helping and uh, yeah, I'm so yeah and to... and I mean as, as we were discussing earlier in this chat, you know you've done it in the in the MDOIVR community and I think it exists in the Mac admins community as well. I think maybe there's something about being a little bit smaller and being a little bit of a contrarian choice, perhaps a little more of a DIY kind of thing. Although 
Yeah. I'm saying that and I'm thinking that, you know, Linux is a lot of those things as well. So I'm not sure what's exactly then what's different and, and what makes these communities so welcoming while no, Linux I, is a, a little more. When you're working with tools you love, you're singing and, and happy and you welcome more friends. And when you're working on Soviet era windows, then maybe you're less happy and you're grumpy. <laughs> and uh, um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Linux, you know, I uh, definitely ran into that a lot in VFX and in those different industries where Linux is like super huge. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're nice people too, right? Linux is awesome. It's like a, a thousand different communities that sort of respect each other. But you know, <laughs> um, no, it's awesome. Yeah, the Mac admins group has just been so encouraging and, you know, trying to figure out how to do stuff in the in old days. It was there was bulletin boards and then mailing lists. And now there's Slack and, you know, discords and conferences and meeting people people are just so friendly and and uh yeah i don't know why but hey thanks thanks to everyone out there who's helped someone else you're amazing so um yeah great thank you so much zach thank you charvel i mean it's just uh yeah i couldn't do this conference without people contributing and so thank you so much um matt and thank you i mean it's a gratitude fest here but pretty pretty stoked to be able to get to spend some time i love you <laughs> indeed thanks matt like as, as zach said like you launched people's like technical talks as well right so i try i try to encourage together. people yeah. you know to do what i can't do and get up there <laughs> you know? but you know everybody's figured out something and so sometimes when you figured out something you may think it's simple now that you've over the hump that you know it can encourage other people too so uh whether it's some kind of arcane C++ programming or just how to get Docker to run. Somebody needs help wherever they are, you know, and um, it's great that we can have a community that helps. And uh, no, and thank you so much. Um, keep on keeping on. Um, and then JD, if he was uh, here at this moment, he would remind me that I should ask you, uh, how should we uh, find you on the internet, Shravel? Where, where, where's the best place to find you? I'm on Twitter at Charville, so that's my first name. Uh, I'm at Charville on Mac Admin Slack and OS Query Slack. And my GitHub is Charville Shah, my first name, last name, because Charville was taken. What? Yeah. That's criminal. Um, and Zach, where, where do we find you on the internet? Yeah, you can get me on Twitter, uh, Zach W, that's Zach with an H, uh, a CH, that is. And I'm on OS Query Slack, Mac Adam Slack, and various other open source Slacks and Discords at, under ZWAS, Z-W-A-S-S. When he's not busy running a company, he's answering questions respectfully and kind and full of love. Um, thanks, it's part Zach, of running a company. For, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's got to be not easy running a company, but, uh, you know, CTO, and, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll have to get the whole fleet gang together. And, one day, one day. Um, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time and um, hopefully before next year. Thank you for joining us for another Mac DevOps YVR podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider buying us a cup of coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash MDOpod. Support and encourage developers and IT to work together to solve problems for our community by supporting Mac DevOps. Buy us a cup of coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash M-D-O-P-O-D. If you're interested in sponsoring the Mac DevOps YVR conference and podcast, send an email to hello at mdoyvr.com. 
Thank you to our awesome Mac DevOps sponsors. For the 2022 Mac DevOps Conference, we would like to thank Kanji, our platinum sponsor. Thank you, Kanji. Visit them at kanji.io. Our gold sponsor is SimpleMDM. Thank you, SimpleMDM. Visit them at simplemdm.com. Our silver sponsor is Adigy. Thank you, Adigy. Visit them at adigy.com. And thank you to our live stream sponsor, Mac Stadium. Visit them at macstadium.com. Our graphics recording sponsor is Fleet DM. Please visit them at fleetdm.com. Please take a moment to visit all our sponsors. We could not hold Mac DevOps YVR without the support of our sponsors. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for joining us today for the Mac DevOps podcast. Thank you to our guests. Please like and share this podcast on your favorite podcast service. Cheers. Cool. Sorry. Right. Wrap that, that up. Um, I'm all out of kindness. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I just tapped out, man. Whoa.